listening to the Adam and Kyle podcast, where we hope to ignite inspiration through seeking the extraordinary and the ordinary. We will bring you episodes where we will let you in on our decades-long journey as friends and have conversations with guests about their passions, learning through lived experiences, and what challenges and excites them. Also, listen for bonus episodes that revolve around our shared love for music as we take a deep dive into our favorite bands, albums, and what we're spinning. Thanks for hanging out with us. Enjoy the show. special edition of the Adam and Kyle podcast. We're sitting here with the unofficial third member of the podcast. You know him, you love him. Spencer Zakash. Zach, 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 Zach. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of consonants, not a lot of vowels in that name, so. That's a consonant, yeah. Yeah, I don't know who start, spells their name S-Z. That's, but I mean. <laughs> So the reason why we're all sitting here is we are doing a live reaction to the brand new Dream Theater album, A View from the Top of the World. Um, This album was released a few days ago, Friday, October 22nd, but we have all three of us have been patiently waiting to all get together as per, I guess, tradition now, because we all got together in Vancouver for the distance over time. Yeah. And to listen to all of that together. And so we're here now only four days late and we're going to do a, uh, an instant, an instant analysis. We're going to do like a, a track by track reaction to the whole album. And it's going to be wild. And it's been the hardest four days of my life. <laughs> the hardest four days. I remember the first time we did a uh, listen together, all three of us, I think it was a dramatic turn of events in Kyle's basement. Oh yeah, and that's right. 10, 10 well, that's years right. ago. With the, with the rest of the band there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Played we did on the big screen. Yep. That's right. Good stuff. Yeah. We've pretty much done a, reaction together either the three of us or just you and i spencer for pretty much every mike mangini era dream theater album yeah we've sat in the car for a long time <laughs> and i sat in the car and listened to astonishing with kyle as well so that's oh, right geez. yeah so you've really taken in the astonishing in cars i yeah, in cars. I do like the astonishing. I know it's like hit and miss whether people like it or not, but that's not why we're here today, anyways, to discuss the astonishing. But I, I really like it personally. Mm-hmm. I hope the production quality in the new album is is as good as astonishing, and that was one of its best traits. So, well, that, that leads me to asking what you guys have heard. We're going to discuss a, a little tidbit of any little things that we have heard because. One of the things I have heard is that the drum production, especially, is apparently the best it's ever sounded for Dream Theater album. Heard that as well. Like Mike Portnoy included. So that's a big claim. I'm excited if that's true. Big if true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think um, I heard that, and then I heard it's like I know very polarizing opinions on the whole album. Some people are, is that right? yeah, like some people are saying Petrucci does too much chugging because he's got, he's okay. got an eight string guitar on this for the first time and drink their album. But only right? in one song. Only one song. It's a lot of chugging. Uh, there's a lot of like vocal melodies, a lot of melodies that people just like prefer a little bit, a little bit more of the, I don't know, raw, raw vocals, but I, I like the melodies in Dream Theater songs. So I think this is going to be a dream. Yeah. Um, and that the two singles that were released, which we obviously haven't heard, but those two I hear are the weakest songs on the album. That seems to be a unanimous. Oh, interesting. Really? Yeah. yeah. So that's exciting. Hmm. 
I, uh, I've heard zero things, but I purposely put myself under a rock. So I'm going into this totally blind, except for what you guys have just told me. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I have uh, heard, I have heard other things from, uh, from our friends that the talking into infinity dream theater podcast, just cause they decided to, um, inform me of their opinions, but I'll share those later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> One of those guys' favorite else is when Dream and Day Unite, right? No. Oh. Okay, interesting. Now, and the other, the other host, the other host of that show, his favorite album is Dramatic Turn of Events. Just scenes from memory just get snubbed, eh? Well, I was going to say that they both have, they both have really strange, like, favorite albums, as in, like, Falling into Infinity and Dramatic Turn of Events. And then I think both of their, second and third favorite albums are scenes in six degrees fair enough <laughs> so it's like <laughs> that's okay with me yeah all right boys volume suggested everything's good to go poured yeah everything's ready so, so yeah do you want to take take us off the top adam title track or uh, yeah top, top track and then uh the let so length a, of the song too right yeah so uh the first track on the album that we're listening to well we're listening to it in order obviously but this one's the alien is the first single released it is nine and a half minutes long which is kind of crazy for a first released yeah. single and, and kyle this is a concept album as well i don't know if anybody oh i didn't know that yeah. that's exciting about aliens okay <laughs> i don't know so the the, the first the first single that they release is already longer than any song off of Distance Over Time, which is interesting. It's a fun fact. So let's uh, are we ready? Let's just get into it, and then Nervous. so we'll listen to it, and then we'll we'll stop the song, and we will give you our instant kind of reaction, and we'll do that for every song. So yeah. let's try to timestamp our facial. Let's get cues. her going. <laughs> to say <clears throat> go if you don't mind don't no mind. go for it go um super like really really happy with uh the guitar work first of all mm -hmm. i love the melodies i love it sounds like okay so like a lot of the rhythm guitar sounded like octavarium-esque to me like great debate mm -hmm. so if, if you notice that um which is awesome and then a lot of the vocal melodies sound like dramatic turnovers i found the, the vocal melodies i think were the weakest part of the song but mm. it picked up it picked up like at the end like halfway through the song when they started like third chorus i was i was really digging it so i'm like i'm really happy with that song man and genie oh my god yeah man, genie. that's the weakest song on the album oh my god apparently, apparently <laughs> yeah, yeah. Apparently the other one is the weakest, but they say this is the second weakest. That was great. I don't know. Yeah, I I was impressed. I uh, fucking Mangini, man. Uh, I found I found that yeah. it, like during the breakdowns, his symbol work <clears throat> was out of this world. Insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I noticed in one of the very first breakdowns, the the rhythms he was doing on the hi hat was just like i haven't heard anything like that before and then i found at yeah. one of the spots uh there was a weird little production thing i think that they put in i don't know whether it was uh like a percussive effect or whether it was on the keyboard but there was like a, a clap effect that came in just to accentuate one of his fills mm -hmm. and i thought that that was really fucking Ooh. cool as well <laughs> did, did you notice what, what time i that did was? it i didn't what, what i was, was uh too blown away that i didn't write it down yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, little, that little like marching band-esque um yeah that was cool seconds of yeah yeah, yeah. i mm -hmm. 
his uh, I didn't his hi hat. I don't I don't love the sound of his hi hat. I liked the symbol work he was doing, and I think the like the actual like symbols themselves were mixed in better than like other albums. Mm -hmm. But his hi hat specifically sounded very I don't know. It sounded very weird to me. Hmm. That was my only complaint because the drums sound great and they're and the the mixing of everything I think is better. The breeze more in the mix than mm-hmm. distance over time. Yep. So was I don't know, maybe like maybe it'll change. Accentuated. Yeah. Which is Tell me what crazy. you guys think of the of the hi hat in the next song. But I'm gonna pay attention. Yeah, I will. I think you're yeah. The- I'm always curious about your drum opinion because like you said with LTE3, you weren't a fan, but then I saw a lot of people like praising the drum production quality. So I'm trying to pinpoint this hi hat. This sounds night and day compared to how the drums sound in liquid tension experiment. The hi hat is your only uh point of contention, hey? I think so, but I mean we'll see how the rest of it goes. Uh, just one other comment I wanted to make on this song was uh, that I think Spencer there's the same chorus you're referring to, but kind of towards the end, uh, there's like that the alien hook. Uh, that melody yeah. was a kind of I think it was a new trick for Labrie. <laughs> there's an interesting like chord voice in there that wasn't expected. Yeah, <laughs> see if he can do it live. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm and I like that he didn't go too much into the top of his range totally yeah that's always nice yeah. also we'll see does live. <laughs> that's true but that's the best brie when he's when he's not trying to like yeah belt freaking be an opera singer yeah agreed well i, th- I find that when he goes to the top yeah. of his range he stops enunciating and that really bothers me because i do like to hear the words Ex- <laughs> exactly words are good <laughs> As a vo- as a vocalist, yeah, I would think that the words were important. Yeah, um, that was a great start. That ending was wicked. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and even the the beginning of the song with uh, when that like obviously started hot, started strong, and then the that lead guitar like kind of slowed to like a half time. Yeah, lead guitar mm-hmm. kind of came in. Oh, that was really mm-hmm. nice. Classic. The only complaint I had about the intro is I found that the transitions were abrupt. They're usually a lot better about bridging Very transitions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was intentional. Or not. I can't. Yeah. I'm have to see with the... uh, What's the next well, one? That was a good start. Yeah. Uh, okay. So that was the alien. Uh, song number two is called Answering the Call. Okay. This one runs seven minutes and 35 seconds. Several people have said this is their. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear shit like that. <laughs> I don't want to go in preconceived. We talked about it beforehand. I know, but don't tell me that these are the best songs or the worst songs. People say this is the worst song. Perfect. Out. Yeah. Uh, I really like to understand in albums how <clears throat> the songs bridge together. So I'm actually just going to take us 20 seconds back in the alien and let us go into answering the calls. That work for you guys? And say I would love to hear that outro again. Oh, I can go back even further then. Atmospheric. It's so. Um, okay, so right, right off the bat, uh, I would put that song up against anything off of Distance Over Time and argue it's better. I agree. Yep. Yeah, and then that was. Uh, and I'm including yeah. Barstool Warrior in that, by the way. 
yeah, I'm gonna have to listen to it again a couple times to like really lock it down. But that riff is, is that that like like palm muted riff. Yeah, and, the, and that they keep going back to in, like in the, the middle the, of the choruses. The yeah. way that oh, that's yeah. one of the best. Oh fuck yeah! So not only that riff, but like the way that they put all the I've got a lot to say about this. The way they put all the instruments around it, they put so much very cool percussive sound into that riff, and it brings it so mm. much flavor. It's the most creative Mangini I've seen ever. Yeah, yeah. That's um, that unison solo. Oh. <laughs> okay, so one of my notes about that one was. The unison solo was cool. The transition going into that was a little weird. Was weird. Yeah, like the that like that like instrumental section where they were kind of like trading off solos was cool. But then when they made that transition to the dueling, it was it was again abrupt. It was just like it, it that one that part didn't flow for me, even though the, it sounded. Yeah, cool. <laughs> the first to chorus transitions were were better in the song, but then that yeah, was. Again, like, is that intentional? Like, yeah. is it supposed to be just like a, a surprise for everyone? I don't know. Mm -hmm. The, uh, as far as James LeBrie goes, so far I'm really impressed with this album. And I think, I think either he listened to people complaining about his high, high like pushing the, the, the high range, either that, or he's just getting older and fitting into a more comfortable range. But I feel like this actually accentuates his vocal chops way better than ever. He, when he was going high. Yeah. Like 100%. it's working. It's working yeah. really well. Yep. And he's getting some like good, yeah. um, some good like growl and some rasp, which is really cool uh, in, in spots that are really accentuating kind of the emotion of what he's trying to say. And I think that that's uh, uh, really cool as well. Mm -hmm. Super cool. He, um, I'm sure this is like an intentional choice for James, but I've noticed that pretty much every time he's singing, I've heard like a backing vocal yep. for him, like, uh, like whether like a lower octave or, or a higher octave in like every single thing he's done that, that, so far. That is true. Yep. So I wonder what the intention is in that sounds good, but like I'm just surprised at how frequent it is right now so far. I pay a little bit more attention to that. Uh, I heard, I heard your hi-hat complaint, Adam. I was focusing on it and it's mm -hmm. very, it's a very loose hat and a very compressed hat. Like it's almost distorted, which is kind of odd. Mm -hmm. I feel like, a band like this who's been together this long, I feel like they're very like meticulous and very um, like everything's thought out. Mm -hmm. And so I feel I like all of this is, is, is fairly intentional. It has to be. Yeah. I mean, coming off of like LT three and a recent solo album, um, John, at least, Patricia has had a ton of influence in the way the drums are sounding as well. Yeah. And I don't know what that looks like with Mancini or like whose call that was, but mm -hmm. it's interesting. Well, the, the hi-hat, I, I will say the hi-hat as it's mixed does kind of uh, fit into the mix a lot better, but when you pick it out and listen to just it, it sounds bad. So I wonder if that's the choice that was made is so that it kind of fits mm -hmm. a little bit better into the overall uh, uh, spectrum. I think um, yeah. it's, what's really cool I've noticed too is like there's it's a concept album but there's definitely a, like an atmosphere trend that I'm noticing between the alien and this the call that I think is going to carry forward for the rest of the album mm -hmm. and I think I think Jordan is like kind of the biggest influence behind that some of the stuff he's doing in the background is like really it's, it's weird because it's Jordan yeah but it's unique to this album. So I agree with that. I've been noticing a, I, yeah. a few spots where I'm like, that's a very interesting choice that, uh, that Jordan's making. Yeah. yeah. It's like very spacey and yeah, I'm I having know. doubts that this is a concept album. <clears throat> Are you? Yeah. Cause that was just like something through the rumor mill. Oh, I thought that was confirmed. No. 
shows how much research we've done. But, um, <laughs> I just, intentionally I don't ourselves. see, I don't see any like musical themes yet or lyrical themes. And I think maybe just like the view from the top of the world is just like the, the big epic title track. And I feel like these are all separate entities. It'll be interesting to see how the album goes on because the titles of the tracks could, you could construe them into a, uh, a concept. Hey Katie. Uh, (laughs) Does the cat like the dream theater? She loves it. Um, she woke up just for this. I have a couple more things to say about this before we move on. Um, one of the things that I did see going back to how Spencer saying this is very polarizing is that the, the negative Nancy's out there were saying that it sounded like, like it sounded like dream theater was like recycling ideas and like, it just kind of sounded like stale. And so far I feel like there, there's a lot of like new sounds and stuff that they're using and that like a lot of like, interesting textures that they haven't done before. So I'm not sure exactly mm-hmm. I think where that's coming the one, from. The one part of that, that I am kind of not agree with, but I'm kind of seeing is you can tell like with newer dream theater, how they present like the vo- the choruses and how they sing like the verses and the lyrics that I think is the one part that's sort of recycled over the last like mm. five, six years. That's fair. Yeah. Everything else sounds fresh. But there's there's some that's there's some it. themes like in this answering the call um towards the back third of the song, there was that um kind of synthy guitar jamming bit that sounded a lot, but the name of the songs escaped me, but the song that goes da 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 these yes, walls. thank you. These walls. <laughs> yeah. So, so that 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 part of answering the call really reminded me of that kind of end groove of these walls, and so I can kind of see where some yeah. of the themes might come to place. So they definitely mm. presented it differently and played played it differently, but uh, I could see the the idea of that maybe being the same. I see. So you could so because playing off of the the vocal melodies, I would I would argue that I don't know who wrote the vocal melody for this because I know. John has a lot of influence in the, in the, in the melodies, but this is one of the better melodies they've done. Definitely. Yep. The pre-chorus, the pre-chorus especially Mm -hmm. was very cool. Like that song is insanely catchy. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I'm going to, I'm going to have to really pay attention to, you know, like we don't know if it's a concept album or not, but I've noticed some, consistencies between the first two songs i wonder if that'll keep up hmm. not lyrically not lyrically necessarily but like atmospherically and yeah. i don't know the only other thing i wanted to bring up about the mix that i thought was kind of cool and i think that like most music is about 50 50 about how it's mixed but i noticed that uh, john chose to mix the toms uh from left to right so from the drummer's perspective high to low um, which like I say, music is kind of mixed about 50, 50, whether it's from the audience perspective on Tom's or whether it's from the drummer's perspective, but it's definitely an intentional choice that I just wanted to point out. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. This is why we have Kyle. <laughs> yeah, this, only Kyle would hear things like this. Um, the last thing I want to say, uh, for me, and if everyone else wants to finish off, you can. This gave me heavy six degrees of inner turbulence vibes, mm-hmm. like blind faith, that. blind faith, war inside my head, tests that stumped them all. Yeah, like that era of Dream Theater, you know, talking like 2002 to 2006, mm-hmm. maybe sounds train of thought, but like, I'm there's a lot of consistencies with the guitar, and I love it because that's one of my favorite eras. So. I'm really excited. Yeah, this song could have been on the first disc of Six Degrees of Inner Turbulence. Yep. All right. Want to introduce our Anyone next song? Anyone else have anything to say about this one? <laughs> I, I'm I'm done. I guess not. Yeah. yeah. Um. So the next song was the second single they released for this album. And that is Invisible Monster. 
it's the, I guess technically the oh no second shortest track, running at six minutes and thirty seconds. Hmm. Right away we go. I didn't have much to say about that song besides I really liked the harpsichord solo. <laughs> yeah. Actually, the, yeah, that like main guitar solo was, I love that. That was awesome. Yeah. That was a cool song. Um, I think the, the vocals felt a little forced to me. Yeah. The but... invisible, the right coming out of the chorus every time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like, I think it was a, uh... A really great, great song, and I'm noticing Mangini's. I don't know if it's intentional, but like almost taking like Portnoy cues. Yeah, the, there's a few things the he does. Snare, snare, like, kick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like huh, yeah. heard that before. Or the snare roll so, into the mm-hmm. kick roll, like that's a Portnoy move too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. But I, I think that was good, man. I, I like that song. Of the three, it's probably my least favorite so far. Yeah, but I still think it was a, a good song that I'm gonna love to go back to. Yeah. It's a really great single. I'm surprised that wasn't the first single. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe this is where the generic ideas are coming from. Because <laughs> this sounded like every other single they've done. Like yeah. Yeah. very, very rite of passage enemy inside E. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's a it's a safe song. There's not a lot of exploration with it. Totally. Yeah. Um, I've, I wanted to mention this cause we didn't mention it before. Um, the first two songs, the lyrics were written by James Labrie, by the way. Really? And then this song, the lyrics were written by John Petrucci. That's interesting. I think this is a lyrically the weakest song. So Agreed. Far. Yep. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's about anxiety or something along those lines. Okay. Invisible uh- monster always felt, but never seen. The beast inside my mind. Mm-hmm. Or it could be about a psychopath trying to murder someone. Just a yeah. random thought. Yeah. It can be about Dr. Xavier from the X-Men. <laughs> um, that last section sounded exactly like something like in the presence of enemies. At the end? Yeah. Um, like very in the presence of enemies I almost want to hear and, that or again, like, and I can or like, like count of Tuscany. Well, yeah, Kyle can, we'll, we'll lead it into the next one anyway, but I'm just going to turn the light on here. It was one second. Yeah. I don't know that it's just like, I think I'm, I made a pretty strong face. I think when that outro kind of started and I was like this, like it sounds almost note for note, like mm-hmm. the ending of, in the presence of enemies part two yep yeah or maybe part one i can't remember all right i'm also thinking more and more this is not a concept album <laughs> i'm not think, seeing i'm not seeing the uh yeah the connections really uh, definitely not like, musically it seems like these these <laughs> songs are on their own like distance over time wise, like they all have different subject matter. Yeah. The, the first two songs sounded similar. I felt like one could trail into the other, but that's a bit of a stretch. Mm-hmm. This one, not so much. Yeah. Even, yeah. even the transitions between songs, like musically, they're so different every time so mm-hmm. far too. Right? Yeah. And there's no, like, usually when they do, like, especially when dream theater does a concept album, but most concept albums, they kind of, the tracks typically bleed into one another. Yeah, that's it. We a, haven't got any of that. Signature. 
DT thing. Um, so we can we move on to the next one? Yes. Yeah. Kyle, maybe can you do like the last like minute, maybe? Yep. I know that seems like a long time, but Spencer, just think just think like the outro of of like in the presence of enemies. I can't remember if it's like part one or two, but like it, it almost sounded note for note to me. I was just like, this sounds exactly like this or like the Count of Tuscany. Like it was very. How they lead out with like the fade or. Every, everything, the guitar, okay. like the guitar, like <laughs> solo or like the guitar melody. I was like, this sounds exactly like this, but we'll see. Um, so we'll listen to the last minute of that. The next song is Sleeping Giant. Lyrics also by John Petrucci. This one runs 10 minutes and five seconds. Here we go. Sleepy boy. <laughs> Yeah, there is. Yes. Can I start? Also, I just joined another queue for PlayStation 5. I'm in the store still. <laughs> this might happen live. <laughs> I got a tweet um, during that song, and it said, the source is restocking PlayStation 5s online. Join the queue. Joined it. See what happens. <laughs> I think... Um, it's that there's so much that happened in this song. So first, my first, the first thing I noticed was how I think that like the vocals sounded and the melody sounded the most natural and comfortable and clean in any of the songs I've heard. The only thing I don't like is how they end the choruses with a, like a, like, like a ticking bomb that doesn't make any sound or something like that. Like how they let out of that, it just felt weird. Yeah. But mm. everything else vocally, I think it was awesome. Mm. The instrumental portion was uh, a lot. I was kind of, I was kind of confused, huh? but I mean, it's kind of typical, right? Okay. Uh, Interesting. I was going to say the opposite. It just felt like, <laughs> really? yeah. I mean, it was, it was insane. It was a back and forth and like, but I think uh, I love the little ragtime sound that drone redass added yeah. which is fun because he's he's been making like posting like little videos of him playing ragtime at home so that's been kind of cool to see it integrated and then the drums were nuts yeah especially yeah. at the end i that was a good song it was a great song i'd put it i'd put it third so far out of the four we've listened to i don't know interesting i think yeah oh yeah i'd put it i'd put it number two personally i uh same yeah i thought that the uh the intro and like kind of the root of the song was a pretty unique approach for dream theater like they kind of sat really close to the root of the song and they never really ventured far from it which i thought was cool even during that uh, instrumental part there was always um an instrument at least one doing and that's what kind of yeah. keeps you together in that whole instrumental part like even during the ragtime part that uh my sure. was doing that which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, he's like walk up for awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, I th- yeah, he shined on this song. He did. I think the weakest part of the song for me was the chorus. I didn't really love the choruses. I thought the verses were great, but didn't love the choruses. That's yeah, exactly how I feel. Yeah, <clears throat> I did not like that chorus. No, something felt uncomfortable about it. There was the there was a weird. Awesome. And the way they led into the verses totally was, sounded totally. great. Yeah, 
Yeah. Versus sounded great. And then they did the they did the one main chorus. And then after that, when I thought that they were going to go into that main chorus again, it almost sounded like a second chorus. Mm -hmm. And I liked that one significantly better. But then they brought it back to the main chorus again right after that. If it's the spot I think about. After the instrumental parts, yeah. yeah. So that was kind of... So I liked that second chorus a lot because I was like, oh, is this just going to be like another like part of the chorus? But then they went back to the first one again. But that intro was sick very cool yeah yeah like you say it's very unique yeah. for dream theater the way they did that and uh yeah a, a cool groove and very cool use of the stereo field it's, we all commented yeah. on that it was spooky <laughs> mm -hmm. every song has had a spooky element so far it's true it has. <laughs> it has they did release it right before halloween so maybe that was their intent halloween, yeah exactly. it's a halloween album <laughs> Invisible that's the concept <laughs> the alien halloween creatures yeah. alien invisible yeah. monsters sleeping giant <laughs> maybe sleeping giants about jack and the beanstalk <laughs> <laughs> And you never know. That was, that was an underrated comment. That's funny. <laughs> do you, uh, do we want to, uh, does anyone else have anything to say about Sleeping Giant or should we make this a good time for a break? Only thing I have to say is that I've, of all the songs we've heard so far, that one I feel like I have to go back and listen to again to like further sure, back yeah. more than any other. Agreed. One. Yep. So there's a lot that happened. Sure. It's pretty sick. Uh, the transitions in that song were a lot better than anything we've heard so far, too, in my opinion. Everything mm -hmm. flowed together. Mm -hmm. There wasn't a lot of abruptness. And there's also yeah. a theme for the song, which I thought was really cool, too. Like I say, that kind of da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Yep. Mm -hmm. Badass. Well, big gobs, huh? <laughs> uh, it's time for a break, I think. I got to run to the little boys' room to powder my butt. And uh, get a coffee. <laughs> Sounds good. Yo, I'll be sitting time. here in the queue. <laughs> okay. And by the time by the time you're done powdering your butt, Adam might have a place. I'll be thinking about Wouldn't you. Wouldn't that be a treat? <laughs> it's be a great Thank day you. For okay. See you in a second. See you in a minute, boys. Adam and Kyle podcast is sponsored by Phoenix Song Productions. Phoenix Song Productions is an AV system provider and integrator specializing in live sound production and recording. Phoenix Song Productions also offers technical consultations, permanent installations, and rentals. Phoenix Song's newest offerings include live streaming consultations, on-site audio and video recording, as well as technical and creative education. Check our website at www.phoenixsongproductions.com for the next education or entertainment event. Follow us on social media. Check the show notes below for links to our website and all of our social pages. All right. Welcome back to the Adam and Kyle podcast. We're sitting here with Spencer and with Kyle, of course, Hello. and Adam. Hello. Hi. Uh, quick update. I did not get a PlayStation 5. <laughs> they, were <sold. laughs> they were sold out. So... Um, that's not uh, an update for me. I couldn't find the powder. We're not set up for success here, boys. <laughs> no. Uh, we have three songs left. One of which is the, is the big epic, but um, initial thoughts. We've, we've listened to the alien answering the call, invisible monster, sleeping giant. Putting you on the spot, favorite track so far. Answering it's the call. between answering the call and sleeping giant for me, and for different reasons. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's my one too for sure. But I really liked the alien. I thought that was a really cool song. Definitely. Yeah, like alien might be number two for me right now. I don't know. Sleeping sleeping giant oh, nice. close close tie, but. Hmm. An Invisible Monster, like, still a great song, actually. So I'm, like, very pleasantly surprised. So yeah, far. like a, a great single, like, they'll definitely play that song live every night kind of thing. Um, not for us, though, because, fuck. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, postponed. So see you never, <laughs> I guess. Um, 
So this next track is called Transcending Time. And this is the shortest song on the album by six seconds. It is six seconds shorter than Invisible Monster. Six minutes, 25 seconds. Uh, lyrics also by John Petrucci. Also has get the it. least amount of streams on Spotify. So I'm interested to see what we're getting into. Interesting. Oh. Let's transcend, boys. You know, I was, I was really mm. digging the song up until like right after that part where that kind of piano came in, I was really digging it. And then when James, thank you. And then when James Labrie came in and did the weird thing and then the ending, it just, no, it they lost the whole song. The whole song was just like, da, 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 the, the, it was literally a roller coaster. Like you make that really slow ascent. Yeah. And then just a sharp drop off right <laughs> in the last like minute like, of the song. Yeah. Lyrically. It was interesting. I, I I think I know what the song's about. It's just about inspiration and the funny yep. voice and you know. But, but then then they took that and went cheesy with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It got really yeah, cheesy. I did not at like the, the ending. End. I no. love the piano. And like the guitar solo was freaking ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Nowhere. The piano sounded awesome. The piano um, sounded awesome. And yeah, and the vocal hooks and melodies sounded really good for the first most of the song also. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah some some went weird there. Yeah, they just took a weird that trend, that a weird transcending turn. time, transcending time, transcending time. Transcending time. Transcending time. Transcending time. Um it's also also um I said to you right at the beginning, like very looking glass, bigger mm-hmm. picture. Esque and also just very, very rushed. Totally. Yeah. Like a direct influence. It, you can it, tell. Yeah. This intro sounded like bigger picture to me. And then the guitar came in a little bit more. And I was like, that's looking last. It's very, very rushed. Yeah. You know, through and through. I did like the I did like the wood block. Yeah. Is that like what a, that the was? Yeah. Sound? It was like, yeah. I wasn't sure if it was just doing like the little like stick like the rim rim shots on the snare but it just sounded weird but yeah i, th- I think it was a, it did sound wooden block i think it was a wooden block and the reason for it is because like the symbol work that he was doing i don't think you could do a snare shot rim shot while he was doing that symbol work well i mean it is mike I, I know so that's why i say i don't think i like i don't know but i, I th- <laughs> he's an alien if <laughs> he's an alien he's got three arms so he's the alien he's the one <laughs> um yeah that was a very that was a ride yeah. that was a very interesting song yeah i bur- i literally burst out laughing in the transcending time part I just <laughs> oh, yeah. it really our, faces bad. All, our faces were like yeah what <laughs> i almost like where did I this go transcended. <laughs> and then and then as much as like Jordan's piano sound was great. I didn't like that little piano outro diddly. I didn't mind, no, the, I didn't mind the outro. It was just, it just kind of seemed like, I don't know, like forest. Yeah. I, I'm like you, Adam. I liked, I liked his sound and the breakdown. I really liked the, the, the progression in the, in the breakdown, uh, but hated the outro. Just hated it. 
with all that being said, I want you to try and find the outro starting at that weird transcending time <laughs> thing, just so we can hear it again. Okay. And going into the next song. These, these last two songs are my, the two songs I was looking forward to the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. For this album. Um, so Awaken the Master is now officially the third single from this album. Um, and this is the long awaited eight string song. Here we go. And what's interesting is like, I'm, I'm assuming just because of the eight string, this is probably the heaviest song on the album. Um, and these were John, my young lyrics. John, my young lyrics are good, man. I love his lyrics. And I, I also seem to just like the songs that he writes. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. they're like S2N was great. Illusions. Surrender to reason was great. Fault, breaking all illusions was great. Like fatal tragedy mm-hmm. was great. And it's just like, oh, it seems that for some reason, every, anytime he writes lyrics to a song, the song is great. But this one, I'm obviously very, very curious because like the the hype behind the H string Huge. has been mm-hmm. real. So let's transcend time. Oh. And, <laughs> and awaken the master. You know that feeling you get like when you eat a lot of candy or a lot of sugar and your teeth, your teeth kind of gritty? Yeah. That's how I feel after that song. I need to take a shower. Um, I liked it. The one thing, uh, the one criticism I have, I think, is that it, like, it seemed to be missing a hook. Missing a what? Like a hook. Ooh. Like I never, there, to me, there was never like a... Hmm. something that I yearn to go back to in the song. It just seemed kind of, hmm. and the intro was a little long, which is weird for a dream theater fan to say that, but I just I don't know how it, it felt like it crawled a little long. I don't know how to explain it. Well, I hmm. actually, my complaint is about the intro as well. I found that the, uh, the eight string guitar, it started off really cool, but then they took that riff and just sat on it way too long and it got mushy and a little much. And they just started adding, 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 and it just turned into a bunch of noise yeah, until they like, came out of that. Yeah. It's more like I have this guitar. <laughs> what can, you know what I mean? Let's make a yeah. song around yeah. this eight string guitar instead of it being, you know, that's right. I think that's exactly yeah. what happened. Now, that being said, I do like the A-string guitar in a lot of the rest of the song. Like, mm-hmm. there are some really cool riffs and some really cool parts where, like, you didn't expect the guitar to go lower, but then it kept going lower. And I thought that, was, that awesome. was very cool. Yeah, and that yeah. solo, both like, the mm-hmm. solos and the instrumentals were nuts. Solos were insane. Yeah. yeah. But I can't really, like, I, I can't think of the chorus even now after just hearing it. Like, uh, there was two choruses. I was going to say, I really liked the verse. Uh, and then the cool spooky groove and then there was <laughs> and then there is uh, a chorus there and then there was a chorus um a little bit later after another instrumental as well but uh i thought the vocals were really strong on this one too um and i liked yeah. how they used the vocals to resolve the song into the outro i thought that that was a nice move as well yeah the outro was was good the outro was good the little uh i can't remember what the words were but there was it all came together really, really nicely at the very end there. Yeah. Yeah. I liked the like constant ascending like strings. Yeah. That's one thing I've noticed that like Jordan always does like a lot of crazy sounds and like kind of like more full like orchestral sounds. 
it sounds like he's messing around with like specific string mm -hmm. sounds. I mean, I haven't heard anything about them having like strings in studio. I I, I think it was all mm -hmm. them. So I think it's just keyboard programs. But like that ending when the strings kind of kept descending, like it felt like the movie, like, like a movie. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Like it's just, and then how it ended, I thought was actually really cool. I was expecting it to end like really heavy or for them to go back to that main riff. Yeah. But they just kind of, yeah. One thing I kept thinking about the whole way through the song was it sounded like they were switching constantly between major and minor keys. Like mm -hmm. yeah. it was like spooky and like ominous. And then it'd be like major for like 10 seconds. And then they go back, which I actually like. That was kind of, that was really totally. cool. One of the themes that I've noticed on this album too, and I think I've been noticing it a lot since they released The Astonishing, but they've been taking a lot of more theatrical themes into songs as well. Like they kind of take you on a, a really nice story arc and then they're using mm -hmm. stuff like the descending strings to kind of resolve a song and like resolve the story. And like, yeah. I think that's pretty cool too, mm -hmm. that that's coming out in the music later on still. You're, mm -hmm. yeah, that's actually a great point. It seemed to really yeah peak at the astonishing kind of like carry through for the next two albums so yeah mm -hmm. yeah i'll be very curious to hear how this i mean it's the epic everyone's been wanting an epic since like illumination theory and hot take i think illumination theory is maybe one of the worst epics in their catalog i i really, um, yeah, well when you compare it against the other epics yeah but i still think illumination theory is fucking awesome the, the outro is so sick the solo the solos and instrumentals it's good it's, I, I don't think it's even the best song off that album mm, yeah probably standard reason or bigger picture but that's a whole other or behind the veil. Yeah. You know how much I love that song. Uh, so, so not to rush us, but to listen to this epic and then talk about it and wrap up, uh, we're running short on time. I got to okay. be out of here in half an hour. So we should probably Let's do this. Move on. Yeah. Okay. Um, so this is the last song title track of you from the top of the world. All lyrics by John Petrucci. It is split up into three parts. Part one, the crowning glory. Part two, rapture of the deep. And part three, the driving force. Uh, and one quick thing that I want to listen for, but who knows if we'll find it. The one thing that Mike Mangini said about this song is he came to practice with a like a drum thing in mind, and it was in twenty three seventeen time. <laughs> what? Um, I don't know how that's possible, but apparently that's in this song. And if you can pick it out, Kyle, please tell us. It just that doesn't even sound like a possible time signature. <laughs> how do you I know? How do you measure that? Well, yeah, because like it's anyways. We'll listen, we'll listen for it. I don't know what note is a 17th note, but we'll have to find it. <laughs> yep. So anyway. There you go. Okay. Let's do it. Epic. one of the sickest fucking 10 minutes of instrumentals totally like, had like four solos that were so sick and oh my god the outro was not what i expected no but no very interesting outro i i kept wanting a chorus yeah, i'm like I think, yeah i can't decide if i'm glad if we didn't get one or every not every dream but... theater epic seems to end with like these big choruses so i think they they went with the choice not to. Route. Yeah, like it seems like yeah. 
and then just the time signatures and the drums, dude. My mom was metal. <laughs> oh, there was some so uh, many things I don't. I have to go back to. I'm like, did I hear that right? There was some uh, uh, yeah. kick drum trills. I'll call them that I kind of just caught in passing and I want to go back and listen to you, but like going yeah. double kick as fast as you can think of. And then he does like quick. So many, so many. Yeah. Those. yeah. Maybe the whole song was in 2317. There's I mean. a few times that song. I'm like, this could be it. This could be it. That could be it. Yeah. I mean, it was incredible. I really liked it as an epic. It was a yeah, great song. That was, yeah. Um, yeah, I, there's, I have to go, there's, I don't know what to think. There's just so many things happening. <laughs> I have to go back and listen to that. Cause. Oh my God. That was, that was, I think of the that's, timeline of that's, that's the best, that's the best song they've ever written since Count of Tuscany. Oh, I don't even know what I just listened to. I, I need to hear it I again. <laughs> I know. Uh, talk amongst yourselves. I'll be right back. Recency recency bias so in a uh like and just a comment in the beginning of the episode we were talking about some of the things that other people have said and i one of the things that spencer said that he heard people say that i don't agree with is that uh john petrucci was chugging too much i didn't find that at all yeah i didn't no i i found that uh there's a lot of like chugging parts but like but yeah, but he does that in all the stuff. Like sometimes you just need to chug. You don't need to riff. <laughs> exactly. Like if you just riff the whole time, you'd be called protest a hero. Right. I also, I'm, I'm thinking about how the album started and how the album ended. And I feel like if you listened to it in succession with no breaks with like that and how it kind of faded and how the the first, the alien song starts with like a drum fill and they're going right into it. I feel like if you listened, if you put like the album repeat on, yeah. it would go pretty cool. I just, just give me one second here. Let, let me cue that up. You're, you're totally right. Yeah. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> I mean, uh, it sounds cool. Like if there was, if there was like a little bit of crossfade in there, mm -hmm. I think that it's kind of like, it's, it'll, it'll just keep going. Yep. Um, I have to agree with you, Adam. I don't think this is a concept album at all. All the songs were so different and didn't really seem to have a theme. Yeah. Uh, not in a bad way. I think the album flowed really well, but not as a concept album. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it seems like there's, yeah, there wasn't like any recurring musical themes, lyrical themes. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was a lot of lyrics about like inner struggle. It seemed kind of, yep. yep. I got an overarching theme of that, but like each song definitely stands on their own. So I yeah. don't, that might've been me, Spencer, that put the the concept album thing into your ear, but I, it's definitely not, a, it's, it's like, it's laid out like distance over time was like, mm. it's, there's like each individual song and yeah. Yeah. No, I, I don't remember where I came from. I think you and I both read some, something, and we decided it was the concept or whatever it might be, but yeah. Uh, yeah. It's the same. It's a lot of, uh, yeah. Do you have any uh, final comments on the album as a whole Spencer? I think I, okay. I'm pleasantly surprised overall. I think this is a better album than distance over time hmm. and might be, I don't know yet. I need to compare it to like dramatic turn events, but this might be my favorite wow. Mangini album. In terms of Mangini's performance and creativity, this is for sure his best album. What you're uh, not even it's not even close. Yeah, yeah. It's it's absurd. I think that um Petrucci and Rudess are extremely well balanced throughout the whole album, which is awesome. Rudess still continues to amaze me in terms of the things he can do and the sounds he can produce. Yep. The the one song actually just in that a view from the top of the world when he's playing the cello part and he's actually sliding notes into each other. Like it sounds like a like real cello. cello. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. He's he's yeah. probably using his like iPad thing where he can like emulate. I don't think it's a continuum, but like he can manually. Um I 
I know what my least favorite song is. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> Transcending time. Yeah. Um, but that was a journey, man. That was a lot of fun. Um, the rhythm guitar was interesting. It was a, like really astounding in some parts and lackluster in others. Lead guitar was what I expected, and then I was very, very, very happy and surprised with how they how he ended. The he without yeah. interview from Top of the World was fucking awesome. The yeah. solo was so pentatonic. Ugh. Um, we have to wrap up because Kyle has to get going. But Kyle, give your final thought, and then I'm going to give my thought and what the boys from Talking Into Infinity said, and I'll tell you how I agree and disagree with them at the same time. Okay, that sounds good. I uh. I thought that overall this album reminded me a lot more of earlier dream theater, whereas, you know, distance over time was a little bit more accessible, um, a more uh, publicly accessible universal, but uh, I really enjoyed the album from top to bottom, except for about a minute in the middle. <laughs> uh, I agree that that part's going to go on us. Mark my words. I, It'll grow I on don't us. think no, it will. <laughs> Uh, I, I agree with Spencer. This is probably Mangini's best work that I've heard yet. And uh, there's so much here to go back and digest that it's, it's going to take a few so listens, uh, mm -hmm. yeah. many listens, mm -hmm. many hours. Um, but th this is definitely really fun to do. I, I'm curious to hear what the guys uh, from talking to affinity have to say, as well as you, Adam. Some of the froggiest <laughs> shit I've heard out of them in a while, actually. Totally. Yeah. So many. Oh my God. Um, so here's what they said. And, why I agree and disagree. So I told you at the beginning, each of them, one of their favorite albums of all time is Falling Into Infinity. The other one is a dramatic turn of events. And then for both of them, it goes like scenes number two, six degrees number three. Both of them said that this is a top three dream theater album for them. What? In that, in basically saying that like, they think it's a step above six degrees of inner turbulence. I agree with them. It's a top three, but, but it's not yeah. <laughs> better than six degrees. So my, like right off the bat, I mean, I need, we need more time and you know me with recency bias, but like scenes six degrees and maybe this one, totally. I think it's that good. I think it's that good. It's, it's to me, it's far and away the best Mangini era album. Turn, and it's, oh wait. Yeah. It's not even it's not even a competition to me. I, I, I want to say yes. I just don't, I have to listen to it again. I don't know how it stands up to like images and words yet. That's going to be a hard one for me, but it could very well be. It's, I would say so far, definitely top five, but I don't know yet. It could change. It's, it's the best work they've done in many years, 10, yeah. 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle, well, I agree. We all know the best album is when Dream Day Unite. So. <laughs> um, okay, so I think we'll wrap it up there. Um, we have places to things to do. People to do things so, to see. This yeah. was our live reaction to A View from the Top of the World by Dream Theater. Go out, buy the album, stream it a bunch, support the band. Go see them live if they ever come near you. Um, I can't wait for my vinyl to come in the mail. It's oh, shipping as we speak. Can't wait to see it. Um, this has been a very special edition of the Adam and Kyle podcast. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you, Spencer. My pleasure. This is for jumping on. <laughs> um, I'm sure there will be probably another podcast down the road once we have some time with this album to uh, digest it and maybe maybe dive deeper into some of that stuff. Yep. And as for us, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Adam Kyle podcast, email us, Adam Kyle podcast at gmail.com. Send us some jokes, funny things, some questions, and look for more episodes coming out your way very soon. Thank you for hanging out with us. Bye everyone. Bye now.
Thanks again for listening to today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed yourself. Please take a second to follow us on all of our social media. Links to our pages and any other material we talked about today are in the show notes below. Check back in next month for some additional conversation, laughs, and new music. And we wanted to give a big thank you to Adam's sister, Amanda Rishog, for designing our podcast cover image. She's a beautifully talented artist that has a tattoo shop here in Calgary called Living Prayer Tattoo. She specializes in fine line work, sacred geometry, and botanicals. Follow her online handle at Living Prayer Tattoo on Facebook and on Instagram, where you can find all of her work and booking information. And lastly, thanks again to Phoenix Song Productions for the continued technical and financial support, which helped make this podcast possible. We'll see you next time.